Hello everyone and welcome back to Inside Art Scroll, where the books you read and the people who write them come to life. Today we are joined by Rabbi Avram Biederman, longtime editor at Art Scroll, and Rabbi Hanania Kramer, president of Kol Ram in Baltimore. Thank you to both of you for joining us today. We're here to discuss a mammoth project that Art Scroll undertook some years ago that is relevant now with the Parshiyos of Truma, Tetzava, Kisisa, and so on and that is the Mishkan project. Now, the project was comprised of two segments, and you'll discuss that, that's the DVD, which is an incredible accomplishment, and the book or Sefer, the Mishkan. So I guess we'll start with Reb Hananya. I know you spearheaded uh, the project on the DVD end. What was your role as far as this project is concerned? Well, first of all, thank you for having us. This is fun to Pleasure. talk about, even though it's a bunch of years later. Um, spearheaded, I think, is giving me too much credit. Okay. Okay. I think all the spearheading was the, ra- the Rabbi Meir Zlotowitz, Zechariah Levracha, certainly his idea. Um, uh, quickly, I'll go through some of the history from my end of it. Uh, and, uh, it was about 2001. My business was very young at that point, and I was introduced uh, to Rabbi Zlotowitz by my father-in-law, Rabbi Krohn, of course, of Art Scroll fame. And uh, Rabbi Zlotowitz, after showing him some interactive CD-ROMs that I was doing at the time, uh, he told me about a vision that he had to create the Mishkan that people could step through Psukim and walk around inside the Mishkan. 2001, okay, it was, he was way ahead of his time. Kedarka, that was, he was thinking, it was, it was, he wasn't ready to do it, but back then, um, he was already planning for it. I always look at, like, when I, I think of him whenever the Pusik, you know, Aviv Shomar Es Hadover. I was like that to him. He was, he was just waiting for the right time for the technology to catch up to his ideas and for, of course, the sponsor to, uh, to be, make himself available. So for, for several years, it was in discussion, but it wasn't active. And I, uh, as my operation grew and became possible to, to kind of undertake this kind of an endeavor, um, it wasn't until 2000, 2007 it became a reality. So the project took off in 2007. What was your role, Rebav Rom, in the DVD and in this book? There were several aspects of both projects, but let's start with the DVD. First, there was the basic approach, research, how, what, what's shot in the Pesukim? What do they mean? The, the, we have Pesukim, we have a lot of, we have five parashiyas. It's very unusual. The Torah, that five parashiyas of the Torah should be virtually dedicated to one topic. It's it's very unusual, but for all that information, there's very little that we know, and there's very uh, on the detail end. And we had to we had to assemble a team of Tomida Chachamim, and uh, Rabbi Zlatowitz frequently says that we benefit from a genius cluster here. I'm not a genius, but oh now please, I was uh, <laughs> come on. Uh, I was in charge of I was in charge of whipping the genius cluster together. So there was a matter of going through each pasuk in Truma and Tetzave, that dis- and Kisisa, that discuss the Mishkan, and understanding what Pshad is. How, do, how are we going to present this? This meant, first, we sat with Rav David Feinstein. I, was, I had the privilege of Colonel Levracha, who was our guide in, in everything that we did. But uh, I joined a breakfast, one of the famed breakfast meetings of Rabbi Zlatowitz and, and Rav David, and uh, we discussed there a broad outline, we didn't know exactly what we were getting into, um, of how we would approach the scholarship, how we would approach the pshat. Um, and then there was, Hananya partnered us with, a, with some great people, some modelers 
um, out, in, out in New Orleans. Well, first we have the defense contractors who right. actually did work for Northrop Grumman and other kinds of right. People who had model had to create three D three D models. Remember, you have to remember the time period. Three so D modeling was more; it was not as accept as accessible as these three D models were created physically or digitally. Oh, digitally. Oh, yeah. all digital. Everything is a digital model, okay. but you have to think it has to be eisgehalten, right? right? When you talk about it, if you're so creating a model of, of, of something for now, the defense, you're, you're studying the Chumash text and the Mefarshim, and you come up with an understanding of what well, one of the it wasn't, it wasn't just me. Okay. Let's, let's get that straight. We had uh, Rabbi Avi Gold, who was a senior editor at Art School for decades. He was one of the first editors at Art School. Uh, Rabbi Menachem Zilber, who's one of our Gemara editors and a fascinating, he's involved in many of our projects, and he's a fascinating, brilliant Talmud Chacham. And, uh, and a, a fellow, Rabbi Meir Goldstein, who's also an amazing Talmud Chacham. And every week we'd, we'd split up the material, and uh, we'd meet at the end of the week to hash out how our understandings of all the details of each Kaley. Were you then sitting down and literally, literally sketching the was, pictures of the Arun and the Shulchan I and was, the well, and so on? I was sketching some things. We were taking, doing a lot of dimensions. We were doing a lot of, um, a lot of notes. There were a lot of notes about the details. Mm -hmm. uh, there, there, for all the information that we know, there's so much information, like I said, that we don't know. Um, we had to use a hierarchy of, of Mepharshim. Mm -hmm. for how we understand this. The idea, the goal was, and I think Hananya um, had to bring this to life on his end, was to show, and, and of course, when it came to actually producing the, 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 the DVD, um, we, we enlisted Rabbi Shia Brander, Art School's graphic genius. Who, to, the goal was to show a simple, straightforward, accurate shot. We could have gone all over the place and turned this into an encyclopedia. There are encyclopedias on this topic. That wasn't our goal. Our goal was that people can understand the Chumash and Rashi. That was the goal. And that was our mission. Hananya uh, put us together with these... Uh, now, these experts were not from the... For, with a Jewish background, right? Say, shall I say, they are not... Experts in the Mishkan. Not experts. They're not, they're not what was their reaction but, but they when did, you brought it? But they did. But they did. But they. But they did have a, a value and an. Yeah, they also are heirs of the Lost Ark. I mean, they all had that. Some they all had some kind of context reference right. of the Tabernacle and a respect for Old Testament. Absolutely. And that Apologize was by the heirs of the Lost Ark, by the way, for all the people who are going to be calling. But. <laughs> But they, 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 they absolutely were excited about doing something that they recognized. And you're talking about all the scholarship. There was no secret as to how much was being invested in time and effort right. and expertise into this. And when you do that, you know, you're going to get, you get in kind, you get that kind of and respect they, And they process. realized that you were trying to produce the authoritative production and volume on this topic so that no one would ever have to do it again. Meaning that this was going to be done right. Right. And they understood that precision mattered. Well, I, I, I remember we were sitting, and I'm just talking about, uh, you asked about virtual, virtual, these weren't actually built. So I, I suggested to the, I was down in New Orleans with Rabbi Brander. So you actually traveled there? I traveled to, Hanani traveled to New Orleans several times. I traveled myself to New Orleans, New Orleans several times. And I traveled with Rabbi Brander one time. And at the meeting, I said, I made a joke that we should write that there were no trees cut down in the, in the, in the production, production of this DVD, of these models. And he points to this stack of a few thousand sheets. He goes, forests were cut down, just the notes, you know? <laughs> just these notes, thousands yeah. of forests were cut down from the production of this right. DVD. Yeah, this you have to remember, it's not just that, of, you know, Ravram and the others were just making sketches. They had to translate it into documents that yeah. these non-Jewish people would understand. Here, here's right. an example. Right. 
hooks at the top of the support beams. So I had to give them... Show for the camera. They, uh, yeah. We'll show the camera. Is this the camera? See this? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay. So this is an example. So you have to show them exactly. Five feet post. We, we write how big the post is. And we give them, we gave them exact, exactly this exact dimensions. Exact dimensions, exact locations of every hook and everything else. This is just one piece of one of, what, of the puzzle. You know, we had to give them every single detail. Mm. And um, they, they, they had questions sometimes. They had questions that we, that, that um, the zare, the, 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 the crown, the right. filigree. Right. So we had to we, we name. No, we had to. It's we, a filigree. We had to. We had to resort to Kufa. We were talking to Guyan for so long. We right. had to have names for everything that they would right. understand. Right. So we used the filigree. A filigree is, is this like design? You can't call them a crown because <laughs> it doesn't mean anything. It means nothing. So it's three of the kalim, the the, the Aron and the Shulchan and the Mizbeach Zav, the golden altar, all have crowns on them. Zer. So all those three, we had to give them. They said, like, okay, what does it look like? So we had to find the design. Now, this is one of the frequently asked questions. This was a, a, an interesting thing. We picked the design, a random design. And we write that we don't know what it looked like exactly, right. of course. But um, we picked a random design. And the way that random design happens to be designed is that when they created the model, there's one piece like floating. So people sometimes ask me, is that Alpinace? Is this broke down? <laughs> exactly. Is that miraculous? I said, no, it's just, that was just the design that we picked. And when they created the model, it just, it just that It's like little, a luchai, it was just like kind of hung in space yeah. there. Right? The, the, av the average yeah. school child will, will tell you that the Zer was a jagged edge, kind of triangle shape. Yeah, I think uh, Batal was better than that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, we actually had a reason for making it around. What? The reason I made it round is because when they took the, the, the shulchan, the table in the, in the mishkan, had the lechem upon him on it. It had loaves on it. And those loaves, according to most opinions, were as one was, one, two kohanim came in with each with a stack of breads on Shabbos, and they, and they slid it onto the table. Just alongside, on the other side of the table, were two kohanim pulling off the previous week's loaves. So... If the, those loaves were being slid on, and they had to go over this zare, they were basically being slid onto on the zare. So if it would be a jagged edge, the breads would get caught on mm -hmm. the zare and tear, uh, mm -hmm. and it would tear the bread. I don't think I knew that. That's great. Yeah, that's interesting. That. And that's why we went with a round edge. So once we went the round edge there, we weighed all the zares round. Because prior to this, almost every depiction I've seen of a zare was uh, had a pointed edge. But according that, to what you're saying, that's correct. And if you go to a museum, you'll find that king's crowns. They're around, and there are there are jagged ones. Right. It's not an ill. We find that the we find that is that something not. you ran by Rib David? By we didn't run, we didn't run every detail by him. I can't remember if we ran this one by him. Uh -huh. um, <coughs> there are certain there are certain details that that we don't call attention to that we just present certain ways because because they had to be presented somehow, and we had reason to present that way. And this we did discuss with Rib David. Basically, told us if there's no source for something, and that's the way you understand it, that's the way you should present it. Uh -huh. Internally, we made a decision that we're not writing our book here. So we could have written another book explaining all the details and why we made every detail the way we did. Um, but that it wasn't our place to to put our tire here. Right. There's a classic story when that when we began doing the art school Gemara. It's in the Rabbi Zlatowitz book. We began doing the art school Talmud. So, um, Rev. Hirsch Goldwurm, who was in charge, Rabbi Sherman had written something, and um, Rabbi Goldwurm told him, that's a beautiful piece, but we're not writing our Torah, we're writing what the Mepharshim say, we're writing what the commentators say. Uh -huh. So, th this wasn't a place for us to write our insights and our presumptions. Um, 
we show it the way we understand it, and we don't call attention to it. And that round, that rounded zero is one. Is a good example, example of, that. of that. Right now, just chronologically, what came first, the DVD or the book? Did one feed off of the other? Was it done concurrently? Walk us through that process. I like to say that it was Histakel Baraisa Bar Alma, you know, that the DVD uh, might have feel, feels like it came first, but the, you know, it's it, it's. The book is really the product. I mean, that's in the way the I look DVD at it. The DVD came first. The DVD came first, right? DVD. Chronologically, the answer your question. The DVD came first. So all the sketches, we did the, movie, the drawings. We did the movie and then the book. <laughs> okay. If I may say so. Yeah. So you... But, you, know, you right, yes. Right. It's true, it's true. But, the, you know, the DVD is, is almost done like a visual book. You know, the psukim right. are laid out, and you can kind of click through it. There's things that you can't do in a book on the DVD. Right, but right. give our viewers, for those who haven't seen the DVD, just give them an idea of what it is. It's not just pictures... Wait, of the some Mishka. of, some of your viewers have not seen this DVD. I know it's hard to imagine, Rav Hananya. Your productions have gone all over the world, but there are a few people who might not have seen yeah, it. Yeah, thank you. The DVD was broken into three categories. We had verse by verse, that's what we called it. It was the, each Pusik that you could step through and be able to view the Pusik with the Rosh and the Chumash, translation from the Saperstein edition. Right, right. and he did, he did an incredible job on the interface because you can really get to any Kaley. There's an there's a option to get to any Kaley, so you can get to those Pesukim, or on top you can get to any Pesuk on a Kaley. There's a little slider at the top. Yeah, remind me, I want to get back to the, the, that slider thing. I have, I have an anecdote I want to tell you. But um, the, just to answer your question, we, we did every Pesuk by Pesuk. Then we had a section of just finished video presentations that were narrated by Rabbi Sherman. Nelson Sherman explains, so you could watch it as a kind of a short film, mm-hmm. the, the kind of the assembly of each Kaylee. And then lastly, which was Rabbi Zlatowicz's dream, you'd be able to experience and walk through from, from, the, from that point of view, walking around and being able to navigate and look around inside the Mishkan. Navigate? You were able to get up to the top of the Mizbeach. Yeah. Be able to climb up. Yeah, it's a pretty incredible and experience. And then Hanadi had to build in a system where you wouldn't fall off the edge right. by mistake. <laughs> yeah. Is that right? This yeah, was, well, yes. Okay, yeah, we, we, it, was, it was actually a real discussion. Yes, because Because... Lamaisa, you want to keep the you, know, you want to keep the you want to keep the illusion alive that you're actually right. experiencing right. this thing. So if you walk up the ramp and you can be that that kain, right, that the Mishnah talks about breaking his leg, you know, you're going to actually be able to fall off. But no, we, we actually did program it such that you couldn't fall off, and you couldn't also get burned, right, right by right. the column. You couldn't go of into the fire, right? Right, exactly. But uh, yeah, it was it was essentially um, we were doing game programming because that's, that it was that's it's really that first person. If you're excuse the, uh, if the first person shooter, you know that's kind of where you're walking around and they're like, yeah, I'm not gonna, I'll, I'll stop there with the jokes. But the, <laughs> but at that point, the um, uh, that 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 in 2007, programming by hand it was interesting. We actually hired, we hired, we were using a programming language called Lingo programming because that was macro for all the. All, for all you techies out there that are going to be interested in this, there was, this was Macromedia owned the software. Before Adobe bought Macromedia, Macromedia had a program called Macromedia Director. Director had its own programming language called Lingo. This is a very specific kind of sugya. People, have, The guy who wrote Adobe's manual on the programming language, we mm-hmm. hired to do really? the programming for the walkthrough. Ananya, well, Ananya no, there was a guy in... In Ottawa. Ottawa, thank you. I was going to say Quebec, Ottawa. Yes, and he was in Ottawa, and I went there a bunch of times. We worked with this programmer, he, the Veltz expert on this language, and he coded by hand um, a game-style thing in right. 2000. And again, this is 2007. People don't appreciate... This is 13 years ago, People, before 14 so years many ago. of the advances I, that we take like, for granted. Today, you would be licensing a gaming engine, and you would be repurposing it, just right. for those of the people who understand what that means. But to, to do it by hand was a monumental... Is, avoid the program. The infrastructure right. didn't exist, and not only that, you have to write it, you have to do it in a way that the 
very limited average computer PC, the average PC user, would be able to use That's it. Right. That was another limitation that we had. The computing power that people had um, was very, very small, very slight compared to today. That's right. Right. And, and people don't understand that. They forget very quickly or they were born after that. And they don't understand. And the time changes. Like, that programming language does not exist. It's not the shot that it's hard. It doesn't exist because they, they, they bought the software and they phased it, then, out. Phase it yeah. out. So, yeah, it's challenging. You know, keeping amazing. up with software is, is, uh, is an avoida. So. And I think you mentioned that you had a programmer in, in Russia, if I'm not mistaken, we had, as well. We had, we had the outsourced. The you had outsourced. The, oh, the, the, fellow, the, the fellow in New Orleans was dealing with people in the Ukraine That's okay. and Russia. Sure. So there, was, there were so language. From, he, from New Orleans to Ukraine to Russia yeah, and ultimately, to Ottawa, we, this was we a had, global we had local, project. We had local uh, people ultimately in Baltimore also. Right, that was later on. That was the next was step. Yeah. But the first step was, was really the modelers in the Ukraine and Russia where we didn't go. And maybe Hananya got there. But I, I did not go to Ukraine or Russia. Yeah, and there was no Zoom then either, so it was like, yeah, yeah. Right. Okay. Yeah. Uh, we actually did have a screen sharing software that we used. We did. We used uh, LogMeIn or one of those kinds of things. Yeah. Whatever was, whatever was, was shot, available in those was days. Well, uh, no, yeah. yeah, I think there was only one by the Big Dick Kahuna. I, think, I don't know if we were able to be. back then. It was, it was rough. Wow. There was, there was more to it than that, because every step of this, the digital modeling of this, you have to understand, let's get to the Ureos, the curtains. So they actually, we have to give them a PMS color based on the, on the Mepharsha, based on the discussions all over the place, about what the colors of these threads were. We approximated what's called a PMS color. We gave them a color and we said, this, is, th this thread is going to be this color. And then you take, the, the, the threads were made woven of six little Cords. They took six cords. They created six cords, and they digitally wove against digitally. They digitally spun the thread. Wow. They digitally spun the cord, and then they wove. The, then they then they spun the, the 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 different colors together, and then they actually wove the fabric. We kind were of like so, mimicking the real thing. Mimicking Bosh. the real thing. Yeah. Not yeah. only mimicking the real thing. We didn't we didn't believe that the color that they achieved the ba the basic background color. Was, was, was the way it would appear from a distance. Uh -huh. So Rabbi Brander, so I went uh, to a trimming store and I bought, fa I, bought, I bought yarn of those four colors or approximately those four colors and Rabbi Brander and I sat in his, stood in his office and we're, we're, we're weaving, we're, we're spinning. spinning. We're spinning threads <laughs> that are like this. People do not shop this kind of thing. How much goes into <laughs> this kind we of needed it to be we needed to be accurate. When we did the walkthrough, there were some technical questions that they, physical questions that they had, that that are not addressed anywhere. Just let's remember, the Mishkan was the Mishkan, the Beis Hamikdash was the Beis Hamikdash. When when the Rambam discusses Beis Abchira, when the Gemara, the, you find the line in the Gemara sometimes about other topics. My dahava hava, it doesn't make a difference. We're not discussing this because this is something that was and is not going to happen again. That is the case with the Mishkan. We don't have many details of how things were in the Mishkan, because the Mishkan was specific to that time and place. And once the Beis HaMikdash was built, they had windows, they had other, they were, we know a lot more about the Beis HaMikdash, certainly about the second Beis HaMikdash. Um, so they asked us, where, where, where's the light come from in the Mishkan? And we didn't have the answer. The, the Ashan, the, the smoke of the Ketoras, rose up to the, to the top, we're told, and then it spread along the ceiling. Where does it go? Uh, the, no ventilation the, system. No ventilation system. Um, 
I mean, we had an issue with the flooring also because the onion was beneath. Right, we, we had an issue. That was when in the, in the videos specifically became an issue. So you're walking on a marshmallow. They were like uh, they were showing the right. <laughs> you're walking on on the clouds. You're literally walking on clouds. Walking on air. So um, it was really an incredible. It was a, the dynamic of taking everything and making this real added so many layers of questions. Unbelievable. Um, that really. Um, that's right. Well, one of the issues I'm sure you grappled with was color, because every Kaylee and every one of the big Daikuna, you have to depict the color accurately. But what's blue and what's purple and what's gold and there's light gold and it depends on the lighting, it depends on the vantage point. So each of you, how did you deal with it on the DVD and how did you deal with it in the book or at the yeah. same time? Yeah. And I remember. As we were, um, right. This was a big issue. No, no, I just remember when we were making that, when we did the first draft of a model. Right, so you're, when you're showing it, when we're discussing it, you're only getting one particular angle. But when gold moves, it catches the light. That's exactly. when it. That's when you see the, the grandeur of of gold color. Right. Otherwise, it looks right. like a yellow or something. Right. It right. Look like yellow, a yellow, orange, white gold, just, yellow gold. No, that, besides that, there's no reflection when there's. The, yeah, there's there's no detail in like the sides of the iron is completely smooth. Right. So, Bishlam, you're doing like Kruven's wings. You get to have all that detail. Well, speaking of the Kruven, what, what did you decide to do as far as the face of the Kruven? So originally we made a boy and a girl. Which we know Chazal say that the Karavia. face of the Kruven. Right, right. Karavia. And that's I really wanted to be my kids. I wanted to put my kids on the face. Really, I really did. Really. But, we, but we didn't do that. We, we took generic that. Uh, <laughs> stock photo boy and girl and we dropped them in there. And then uh, at the very, very um, last stages of production. Um, Sad story. From, <laughs> I'm still talking to my therapist about it. I'm still traumatized. Rabbi Zlatowicz said, you know, the crew were really too holy for us to show the faces. So Hananya had to digitize. We put them into witness protection. So you blurred you blur it. <laughs> yeah, it's we blurred blur, it. It's not a blur. Well, it's we, not a blur. We, we obstructed their faces. Most of the time we actually Pixel showed, well, we, we actually we rendered it such that the, that the Kruvims, you know. That's in the book, but in the, in the, in the program, in the DVD, program where you spin around. around. It's, completely, it's completely, it's digitized. It's it, it, yeah. uh-huh. and, and it's, it was a programming feat as well. It was challenging, but really it was just more sad than anything else because they are magnificent. Right, but you still get the wings. And you still yeah, get... yeah, yeah, but just like the, the, to, have to, cover, to cover anything that you work, whatever. Nunu, no, no, but it, you know, Rabbi Zlata was. I remember him telling me also with pain. It was, yeah. it was. You know, we wanted to show Claudius or this, but there's just you can't show the face of a crew. The crew. Now, did did you guys have, not guys, Talmud Chacham? Did you have something to work off of as far as a template of different svarim, other things that had come out prior to this volume? As far as the illustrations, we ignored all previous svarim. Okay. As far as the scholarship, I remember growing the, up, we had the Tabernacle. Right. It was this beautiful book. Beautiful pictures. There's photos of actual physical models that somebody physical made. models that someone right. made, but apparently it wasn't up to par as far as far as the, you know the scholarly standards. One of that the you great one of the great uh, one of the great questions somebody in the office asked at the time when we were doing this, um, when he saw the shulchan. So I believe the shulchan is on the cover of that book. Right. And there are trays in the there are trays to hold the bread. On the cover. And he asked yes, me I remember that. where the trays are. I said there were no trays. She learned Rashi and the Rambam. Now there were trays, but they weren't on the table. They were not the, when they put the bread on the table. It was just bread. Um, there were half pipes between the breads, but that but held the held the, the bread in place. That they are actually to add some air between the loaves so that they wouldn't get spoiled. The Gemara uh-huh. tells us. So the, again, everything is the the tyra of this is not only Rashi and Chumash. It's it's this, there are soyas all over Shas. 
But because to get back to your, to your gold issue, so there, or the colors issue, there are many Rashis and many other places that discuss the colors, the tchelas and other things. Agamon, Klal Yisrael has assumed it's purple. There are those that say it's some other color. Klal Yisrael assumed that it's purple. I, I, I saw it this morning on the refresh also says it's purple. Um, so they claim that the Vilna Gaon holds it's pink. I don't know. Mm -hmm. um, but Klal Yisrael always assumed it was purple. The Ramban, in discussing the Big Day Kahuna, and you know, because as we went through things, we used to refer to ancient, ancient garments, ancient right. structures. Historical references. Right. Historical references. So what gave us a right to do that? So you see that Rashi, when he discusses the ephod, discusses the, the apron worn by, by Hashva women, distinguished women, when they go riding. Or the Ramban, in, in the Big Day Kahuna, discusses what, the, what royalty wore in his times. So that gave us license to refer to actual historical um, clothing and actual historical um, details of, of what was happening, what they did in palaces and things like that. There was a guiding principle that this had to be l'chavurul sefaris. Everything had to be magnificent. It couldn't look strange. You sometimes look at sketches that people make of the, of the caleb and things like that, and they just look odd. Right. It's not likely that they looked odd. And this is something that we discussed with Rav David. Um, there's a certain symmetry that we were looking for. Again, a balance, because it had to look majestic. It had to look awe-inspiring. And Hanani had to make it look more inspiring, but we had to decide what it looked like to maybe more inspiring. Had to he had the hard job. Wrong, he had and the then get it wrong, and then get it wrong, and then, and then get it right. Seven people saw the Kavakam. Seven, yeah, that's... Seven was an easy one. Those are the good ones, right? So, so, really, the golds, the golds. The Gemara in Yuma, the, the Mishnah in Yuma discusses the golds of, that were used on, in, on Yom Kippur, as opposed, and which Kalim were different colors of gold. So, yeah, we had something to go by, and these things are discussed. You just have to find them, and, and there's a, there are, there, it's just spread all over the place. And that's why we had a team really assembled that we, we'd go through each thing. There were, there, were, there were some imponderables, shall we say. Um, but again, we tried our best, and we hope we got it right. You know, we didn't have the benefit. But Solomon says was Betzel Kel. Right. He was in God. He was in the shadow of God, and and he he knew the the deep concepts. Says Yodeya Haya Betzel Letzaref Haosia Shabayin Mehem Nevru Shemayin Varetz. That the God he knew how to combine the letter formations that with that God used to create the world. We don't have that. We didn't have Next that. Next best thing, Rabbi Brander. But yeah, still. I don't want to be irreverent, <laughs> but but we 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 relied on. The, the Mepharshim, the Gedalei Mepharshim, we have a hierarchy even of, of how we did things. There was Rashi on Chumash, Rashi on Gemara, the Gemara itself, the, Gemara, the, uh, the Rambam, and then there's a sefer called Maisa Choshev by Rabbi Emanuel Chayriki, who was a, was a Mekobol in, in Eretz Yisrael um, several hundred years ago, who has a fascinating sefer with a pirish. There's also President Melech Samishkan, which was Rabbi Chaim Kinevsky's pirish. We had all those things, but that was all part of Chazal. And then as we went down, so we went with, we generally went with Maisa Choshev, if there was no earlier, uh, another topic, that people, um, this is something that we added. Um, Rashi seems to say that the, the curtains at the front of the Mishkan that closed the, the center of, of the courtyard were in line with the, with the curtains of the courtyard. There's another sheet in the Gemara, in, in the Chazal, I think it's Bryce Lassa Mishkan, there was 10, ten Amis out. And many models have a ten amas out. Mm -hmm. but, so we show that as well. 
um, that second sheet because it is a, a well-known chazal. Generally, we don't show alternates unless there is a discussion that Rashi, you know, brings down or that it's on the Rashi, you know, right there brings down two opinions in the Gemara. But well, the uh, famous one is the Menaira, right? Alachsein. Right. Uh, how to understand that. So what, what did you do? We as showed far both. As the is we showed both. Uh, we have a little note explaining um, explaining the background of both of both opinions. What's fascinating, what's fascinating is that if you ask people today, um, if you ask people today, what the Rambam held and what Rashi held, they'll tell you that Rashi held was rounded and the Rambam holds it was was straight. Maisa Choshev, who says the Rashi, Rambam says it's rounded and Rashi says it's straight. Um, it's a fascinating. Little, archaeologically, we found also the coins always had everything. Around it. Everything had around it. I don't want to go into that. This is not that. <laughs> this is not the place for that discussion. That's a whole sugar of my answer. Well, as I stepped into that one, I guess. <laughs> uh, but, but another interesting thing was the kiyar. Yes, we know nothing Speak about, about the that. We know nothing about right. the kiyar. We know it's mentioned in Parshas Kisisa. So. The lever, as I seem to remember. The lever. The lever. Just whatever way we translated that one. I don't know. <laughs> that's what it was. That's what it's called. Yeah, okay. Um, even in our stone homes, that's what it's called. Oh. I believe. Um, when Hanani went to Yeshiva, they called it the key or something. Yeah, so yeah exactly, it. right. So we're told it's a pot, and they had a base, and, base, and Tosa says that the base had a base keeble. So we, we, we put a spigot on it also. Was that we had, we have Yes. It had that was the question, right? It has to have a spigot. Now, the question is, how did they had, stop the water, they stopped the water? So when we did the red book originally, and in the, in the DVD, this is not addressed at all, after we came up with the first printing of the book, my brother-in-law calls me up. He says he was learning it with his son, and he says, how did they stop the water? I said, that's a very good question, because nobody discusses it. Basically, there were, basically Screws, the, what we know is there was a spout, right. but there was nothing there to stop the water from just emptying right. out. So we were, the, nobody really discusses it. We couldn't find any place that discusses it. Yes, we know that in the, in the base of Mikdash, there was a muchni mm-hmm. it was a whole different dynamic. It was a whole different, but, but in the Mishkan, how did the water stop? We don't know. We actually added a note that says we don't know how the water stopped. Uh-huh. Interesting. So, so as far as the timeline is concerned, you said that the idea was broached by Rabbi Zlatowicz 2001. 2007, you start working on this. How long did it take to come to fruition? It felt like 17 years. No, <laughs> no we, we were, we had... Especially Yeshiva. I think we started, and I suspect we maybe even started at the end of 2006. Uh-huh. It could be, yeah. It could be, because it, it was... It was uh, a it, long process. Yeah, yeah. It was a long process, and... I think we wanted to have it done by by the summer of 2008, but it was done in time for the Hanukkah sales of 2008. Yeah. So that's a year and a half or so of right. intensive. Well, I remember it was because it was a it was a slow burn of research of like discussions until right. until active right. production began. So uh, and there was and then there were the many phases post production. When they make a model, when they make a three dimensional model, they're essentially just making a a white a white. Object, you know, white, like you know, it colorless, right? The point colorless, is, it has it's colorless right. object. It's just it's a wireframe. It's, it's a wireform. It's just almost. a geometry of something. Right. right. It's very hard for people to understand, but if you just imagine a, a sugar cube, that would be. If people what it looks su- like right. If people know what a sugar. If people still know what a sugar. That's good, Marshall. Yeah. No, it's true. You, you imagine just just kind of an, an abstract shape that has no definition other than right. other than the geometry we give it. So it was. Uh, it was it, we were working in in the abstract in terms of when you're talking something so visual like this. And then, the, so the building the models accurately was step one, applying the right textures to them, the wood right. and the gold, and, the, and even the, the color of the thread. Well, the color of the thread that they built in, actually, somehow. I don't know how they did that, but uh, they did that right away. But, um, oh, 
Well, probably cheated, cheated on that one. Could be. Oh, don't tell anybody. It's not oh. public, right? No, no, no. But Only works. a few th uh, tens of thousands of people, of course. Yeah, it's fine. But just after, 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 but, so after the, and after the textures are done, at that point, now we have to start creating the... Photographs. Yeah, that's right. The and those are not photographs, right? They're renderings. They're, they're, the computer is to set up, you have to position it, you have to add your, your virtual lighting, where it's going to go, how it's going to spill and over. And then you the need computer. to edit those photos, right? It's, it's I want to give credit where credit is due. Was that done by Rabbi Brander, Rabbi Ellie so, Krohn? So I know they were involved. Rabbi Ellie, Ellie came in on the book. On the book, On the okay. safer. But Rabbi Rabshia Brander um, was really, he has, he has an eye for detail and he has an eye for beauty. And, and I remember we were, we'd be sitting there and he goes, no, zoom out, zoom in, move the light here, turn it a little bit this way, turn it a little that way. Right. You wanted to get the perfect, of course, when you're, dealing right. with, yeah, when you're getting with the 360 degree models, that's one thing. But there's a, an essential picture, each Pusuk each has an essential picture or sometimes several pictures on the DVD. Right. So that, 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 that essential picture, which is not a rotatable model, and even the rotatable model has to be lit so that you can bring out you bring out what you're seeing, but but the but the essential model had to look like a photograph, That's right. and and it has to be basically held in terms of the perspective. So right. How what's your focal length of your shot? Do you want to be close up to, or are you going to take a long lens from far away? Because that's the perception of how we're going to imagine a Kaylee. Right. And it, you know, the Mizbeach, if you're looking at any kind of cube, your sugar cube muscle, right? So the back is going to be could be narrower than the front, right? Because right, that's only for close up to it. Or if you're further away, it's not. But we don't want to mislead people that it wasn't a perfect square. Right, right, right. right. So this was this was a tremendous amount of work by Brander. Um, making Hanania and his team. Tim educating us. Educating you, yeah, yes. for real. That's really, um, yes, it was a real, it was, it was a real process. process. I think this was the, the first real project that you did of this magnitude. Oh, yeah. Or of, even of this real... No, real, I, uh, yeah, yeah. The 3D we were pushing, world. for sure, the 3D was, uh, this was more significant than anything. Yeah, Bukhla, this was just it was, <laughs> a bigger project. Yeah. Right, right. But there were rendering farms. Today we have computing power yeah. that the average PC could probably render a picture. In those days, you'd send out an image and it would be eight hours. He sent it out to a professional place that had tons of computers linked together. That's I don't right. know how many, dozens of computers right. linked together that would work overnight or eight, 10 hours to render a single image. Really, wow. And then decide if we want to go back and do it again. Right, no. <laughs> right. It, was really, it was really a, I would say paint thing, it was, it was, but it was really a, exhilarating on, one, on the one yeah. sense, on the one hand. Um, but it was really a very it was, it was it was truly cutting edge, and people like to throw that around. But it, it really was. You know, right, what I'm saying right. you, we pushed the limits of technology on this. But the truth is that it, it's it stood the test of time because no, there's the nothing. Thing. People like all oh, ask me about the technology moving on. Yeah. The models, the all models that research, incredible. the models don't go bad. Right. The technology right. just takes advantage of yeah. that same exact geometry and all that scholarship and those the lighting and the textures. It may be easier to do today, but we can apply them maybe more easily today. But exactly. the work, the work is is. Uh, yeah, I mean things like 3D printing, which now people take for granted. Right. You can take 3D. 3D printing was not a thing. It didn't exist. It didn't exist. Certainly not on a consumer level. Maybe right. commercially, yeah, there was, no, it really didn't it exist. But, maybe. Yeah. So I remember at that time of the Mishkan. You know, we all think when we were children, we built models of the Mishkan ourselves back in fifth grade. It was sure, so sure. here. How exciting would it be to actually? This is sub-millimeter. The, the, so I had this idea. Like, let's take some of the Kalim, Let's take maybe the RN, and we'll print it in 3D. We'll gold plate it. I mean, we'll give it as a gift to the donor. Why not? Like, it would be such a nice thing to have. I figure we're going to get a desk ornament. You could put mints inside and call the Ten Commandments. And it would be, right? <laughs> he can couldn't I, resist. Can I, can I, can I, he could not resist. Oscar does not take responsibility for that report. It's important <laughs> to have a great desk ornament. Anyway, so, I mean, 
It was, it was expensive, and I told Strawberry it's a lot of woods. And he thought initially, wow, that is a great and idea. I, and I blew the whistle on it. I yeah, so Avram's a party pooper. He went ahead and we asked Shilas, okay, as, as, as of course the right kids don't try this at home. You ask a Shila, and yeah, you don't do that. We right. do not build the Kalem right. of the Mishkan. We do not three print. No. Three not, not to scale. Not to scale. Not Even to though scale. I thought it's miniaturized, it's not an amma. Right. Yeah. And I, I actually, on my own, I, I really wanted to head there. Yeah. I was like pop, popping around. No, no, you cannot. It's just, it's, it's, don't go down that road. Right. But the climate edition of the Mishkan came out in English. Right. And I should just mention for our viewers that it was then released in Hebrew, Hebrew which is beautiful. This is right. the full size. We, did, we actually had this, this the, the English in full size. size, and then we made. The English and compact right. size. It's a little, a little bulky, but it's really magnificent. Now, Ellie Chrome. And was this done the, the simultaneously? No. Was it no. put First out later, did, right? Yes. Um, as we said, Art Scroll tends to do things. We did a Hebrew Talmud before we did an English. We did an English Talmud before, before we did a Hebrew, Hebrew Talmud. Mostly, most people translate from English picture? to oh, Hebrew. Yeah, can you see the picture? Yeah, you can yeah. see just how stunning it is. And if you open up to a page there, I'll tell you one of the uh, brilliant things that we had to do, what Ellie, that Ellie Cron was able to achieve with Roy Brander, and um, open up to a page there. Any page. Yeah, let's see. No, like open up a page with text. Oh. Okay, they have text. That's good. good? Yeah. Okay. What page is that? That's page 82. Good. So, if you look at the English page, as soon as I find it, hopefully I'm going the right direction. Um, good. So, you have a Pusik with translation, you have Rashi with translation. We actually did a translation of Rashi there, an, a, an original translation <laughs> of our Saperstein Rashi into Hebrew, a little of these parts, of these Psukim. But the pages align exactly. Ellie was able, Ellie Krohn worked very hard to create a design where we can match page for page, page 82 and 80, page 82. So page 82 in the Hebrew and page 82, 82 in the English, English are, are exactly, are exactly the, same. the same. Yes. Which is not always so easy considering the language difference <laughs> right, I'm saying, and all the other challenges. I'm saying, wow. Just basically, even with the, just the translation and the Rashi translation wow. is much longer. There's a translation here of the Pasuk. And this, That's interesting. So people can learn it together. One can, learn, can, learn, even if they have different versions. That's great. Right. Amazing. Wow. Well, you, um, and, so that's uh, really incredible. So, yeah, this took this took an incredible uh, amount of work. This because, is example what you're talking about. Because the high res, right? Here's an example of the threads. Uh -huh. can, can you guys see this? Yeah, can you zoom in? Yeah, you can see in the thing, screen there. You can. Um, so here you have. They actually took six six um, strands. They wove each strand into a thread, and that thread was woven into a yarn. And that's, what I'm looking at is a digital image. It's a digital image. Which is incredible because it looks real. Right. Now, when you look at this background color, right. this is what we didn't believe you'd get. Uh -huh. So Rabbi Brander and I went ahead and actually took these and wove them together, and this, we got a very similar color to this. Speaking of the lion on the parechas there. Yes. What, how do you know what a, what a lion looked like? Okay, it's a good question. So this harks back to, to the, the, the earlier discussion about you go to a historical, historical artifacts and you look at, you look at ancient, ancient Roman or pre-Roman um, designs that they had. The Gemara tells us, and we're not sure if there's a question, if it's an example or it's, a, or it's actually it, uh, that the, one, of the method, one of the methods of weaving was where you had, my Sechoshev was where you had a lion on one side and an eagle on the other side of the same cloth, woven in, using the same threads. That was a real masterful, a masterful um, talent. That's called Maisei Choshev. Right. Um, so we went ahead and found old lions and old eagles. We also looked for designs that had some similar elements in their structure 
so that if they'd be back to back, some of the threads would essentially sort of line up. And that's what we applied to these. We didn't have them actually weave those in like they did in the Mishkan. Those they just applied on. Right. We cheated on that. But, uh, but, but um, so we, again, we went back to using, again, we discussed this with, with David, and this was obviously something that was, it's obvious in the Rishonim that we had a right to do that. But obviously we don't do things on our own. So we ask Shailas and uh, we get guidance. Now you've def- definitely done a tremendous service for Rabbeim, Talmidim, anyone studying these parshias, parshias Hashavua. But you know, in the world we live in today, we think in terms of apps and things like that. Is there any, are there any ideas in both of your minds as far as where you could take what you've done and even take it further? Almost now, like a well, Mishkan Well, to address your first point, just in terms of with Rebbeim using it, you know, I, I brought Shem have the schluss of going into a lot of classrooms. I do videos for a lot of oh, schools. And when I come in these weeks and the Rebbeim are using the DVD uh, on, the, on their smartphone. Projector because or it's absolutely yeah, Such a nach. It's like, and I, it's, you know, I just want to stop everything and say, you know, guys, I was involved in making this. You know, that would be completely inappropriate. But uh, to answer your... But he, but he does that anyway. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, right? But um, as we mentioned earlier, the... The models themselves, no matter what happens with technology, right, as it grows, that's the medium. But the media, which yeah. is our kalim and the research and all the scholarship, that does not go bad. And it could be repurposed and halavai. I think that as technology gives us another delivery platform, of course there's more room for this. Of course, of course there should be. Somebody should absolutely step up, I think, you know, for me to say. And I, I think there's, you think there is something that could be done. a lot can be done, I believe. No one's going to make a book like this. No one's going to be able to, no, this can't be, this, this can't be outdone. Right. But the technology side of it, sure, we, have, we recognize the reality of technology mm-hmm. moves on. Mm-hmm. One of the challenges that we had in doing the book was when you have the DVD, when we have the DVD Kananya produced, it is very clear what's going on. You don't have to explain everything. I think you referred to this a little bit earlier. When we came to the book, we had to distill everything, black on white, in words that people are going to read and there were many more images here than there are in the, on the DVD because we simply, we had to explain what was going on, uh-huh. point by point by point. There's right. a machlekes and rashi, you know, so you have to explain it. It's not enough to just show it. A, a, a picture's worth a you're thousand saying, words. Right, you're saying and, that's where and, a book is harder than the DVD right. because you can't... We had to write the... It's interesting, yeah. It's a, it's a we had to point. write the thousands of words that the pictures spoke of that's on the DVD. We had to write them so here. The book is harder. And, right. Yeah. It's more challenging. The written word is forever, and software moves on. Right. Any final words from either of you about this project, about uh, what you would want people to know was invested into this? Uh, I don't know. I just, uh, for, personally, it was such a schluss to be able to do anything that becomes kind of the definitive work on something. Right, right? Which right, I, right. I'm not, not to throw shade on any of the forum that have been written on the, on, you know, in the past hundreds of years, but, you know. This, to become now the source for people to teach and learn these sugyas, personally, has been a highlight. It was certainly an incredible schluss for me. Um, again, I, I was just the coordinator, I guess you would say, um, in charge of putting everything together. And um, there were a lot of, again, there were, there were a lot of angles to this. There was the, the scholarship, there was the modeling, there was the coloring, there was the rendering. Right. Brenda was very heavily involved, um, even sometimes on the scholarship end, when you had a concept and we thought we, we had different options of how to translate that into 
into a sketch, and I'd be sitting at the meeting. We'd call him into the meeting, and he would. And Ellie Krohn's contribution to this can't be can't be overstated um, in producing the in producing a work of that's really beautiful. And uh, nothing, it's real. It's really a tremendous. I think it was tremendous for all of us. But speaking for myself, it was it was a overwhelming success. Can I say? Yeah, there's no question. I, uh, to do something that's that's used year after year, and uh, I mean it's used in classrooms all year very often. But uh, I hear it from Urbane all the time. I hear it from uh, from friends. I hear it from other people. People like you really wrote that, you know? Yeah. It's um, so I don't know if I really wrote it, but uh, it has my name on it, I thought. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But I do feel like this whole project, the DVD and the book, it's, it's a living uh, vision. It, it's kind of, it's a legacy of Rabbi Zlotowitz to me, because this was always his right, it was baby his vision. he wanted. He visioned, and I, you know, I, I mentioned I wanted you to remind me about an anecdote, just to yeah. t- not to minimize his involvement. He was extremely, extremely involved yes. in this process. I mean, you know, I would be doing monthly reports, and he would be reviewing every all the details in the meetings. He was always present. We'd be sitting in the conference room, and he'd, oh, for, oh, he'd be watching until he got that interface just the way he wanted. Uh, yeah, that's what, so the, the, I was going to say, I don't know if you remember this, Mice. We were all there. It was a large group of people, and there was... A design question. The design was, there are, I forget how many, there was probably 70, 80 psukim across Truman Tzavah that are negated to that we have images for. Whatever, however many, maybe it's over 100 actually. And how do you create an interface that people can easily jump to a pusik and be visually understandable right. to go? So, how do you, so we're going to do a drop down. It seems all very kind of kludgy, the whole way you're going to navigate the system. So I had this kind of like vertical lines representing every pusik that you could roll your mouse over, and it would pop up and say what pusik is, was, but it didn't just seem to do it. So I remember he was saying, he was saying, look, I, I was going to make a suggestion, but you know, you guys are the artists, and uh, he's being very machni himself. So why don't you just put like, you know, the, the um, atechaim on each side of the lines, and it, well, this way you'll understand that you're looking at an open Torah, and that's where each vertical line represents. You put a parchment background like, behind. Really kind of simple but brilliant the ideas idea. that completely solve the problem. Right. And then he, I remember he told me afterwards, he was like, he wasn't trying to step on any uh, process, and then with that he left, like, you know, it was just like just this gem of an idea. He, remember, because he, he was a masterful artist himself. Sure. Was a lot of, that was his background. He, was, he has such a visual kind of, so that was, there was a lot to learn from all the people in this process. I, I, think that, I think that it represents him in a much greater sense in that his vision from, from 45 years ago when he wrote Miguel Esther, um, I was alive and well then, and uh, I knew Jewish. I was a, I was young. I was a kid. I was a teenager. But um, the when Miguel Sester came out, what he did was he took contemporary fonts. He took Judaism, Jewish publishing, from simple basic fonts and black and white, essentially covers or a colored cover with black type, or, or a set of pretty boring covers. And he all of a sudden here's a safer with contemporary fonts, contemporary type, contemporary writing, um, a color, full color cover. And he really like made, took the, all the technology of 1975, 1976, and created a, a safer out of it. And I think that this really, this, this project, the DVD, represents that vision of taking all available technology and making it real and making it available, using it, harnessing it, to teach Tyra, and that is why I think this represents so much. It was way ahead of his time, uh, you know, but represents that vision of taking those resources, taking that like technology. You said, it's like a microcosm of what Rabbi Zlatowicz saw as far as the opportunities are concerned, what we could do. Well, he took, the, he took what was out there and, and knew how to harness it and how to use it 
to teach Tyra and spread Tyra. And I think that's what this, that's why this really, that the DVD certainly, and even the model, the, even this, the Safer, represents so much of that vision because he, it was really vision, it was really visionary. Well, both of you did a magnificent job taking that vision and bringing it to fruition. And in Ritz Hashem, we should be Zaycha Bekarev too. B'as HaMashiach and Binyah Beis HaMikdash, and who knows, maybe it'll tap into your talents. I mean, you've been there, you've tried it, you've done it. Well, it's going to come down built, I believe Rashi says, but but, uh, we'll find out all the mistakes we made. (laughs) Exactly. But thank you again. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for sharing your memories, going down memory lane a bit about this magnificent project and continued atzacha to both of you in your respective Avedis HaKadosh. Thank you. Thank you, Rabbi Hissiger. Thank you, Chanan.